Hey, everyone. We want to take a moment to tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Roosevelt. You may know Roosevelt as the company who makes those rad, all-over print button-downs with just about every franchise that you love. They, of course, have Star Wars, because this is a Star Wars podcast, but they also have Harry Potter, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, NASA, WWE, The Office, Nickelodeon, Rick and Morty, Friends, all kinds of other stuff, including new lines from Yellowstone and The Godfather. And not just button-downs, but t-shirts. They do shorts, jackets, hoodies, koozies, flannels, so many different kinds of items, so many dope designs. So if you're interested in picking something up for the first time, go to rsvlts.com and use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces to get 20% off your first purchase. Once again, that's rsvlts.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off of your first purchase. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hello there, and welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I am Adam Russell. Hey, guys, I'm Ryan Key. Hey, Adam, I saw you last night. It's Mike Forrester. What's up, dudes? Good to see you again there, bud. Watch anything good on TV lately? Oh, yeah, just um, as it's said, as it's called in New York Times, what was it, Ryan? Forbes. Forbes, sorry. The headline posed the question... Did Star Wars just have their best episode of TV ever? Mike, do you know the answer to the question? <laughs> oh, man. We still, Ryan, did you listen to the pod last night? I was debating this very hard. I was debating, I was debating if Mando season two might have been the greatest episode in Star Wars TV. Uh, was this better? Was Andor's finale better? Was. I don't know, man. Like, what do we do? What are we? What are we thinking? What are we thinking? This was the best thing that any any Star Wars creator has ever made, <laughs> including George Lucas. Wow! And that's the podcast, guys. Thanks for coming. Appreciate that. Very nice. <laughs> this, this episode of TV of TV was better than the original trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> God, here come the takes. <laughs> no, uh, not 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 that. Not that. But but it. I. I I can't believe what we got to watch. That's it. That's yeah. I can't believe it was real. Thank the maker, a hyperbole podcast. <laughs> yes, because it's like it's not better than. I mean, obviously that's like blasphemy to make the joke I just made. But the culmination that it was in in your in your soul of every piece of Star Wars you know for your whole life. It, it really kind of, it was that it, it was for me, there were, that, there was so much emotion in my body thinking about it, just everything. I mean, you know what I mean? Like it was, I was outside yeah, of the episode. Even. It was, I was thinking about so many things while I was watching it and having so many memories. It, it was, it was intense, dude. Well, I mean, the, the thing about this is since it is, like we we all know as Rebels fans, this is Rebels season five, right? 
it's focused on Ahsoka, but it's like a six episode arc on Ahsoka, which is essentially Rebel season five. Rebels is so jam packed with so much like direct from the original trilogy, direct from the prequels, like like high quality fan service, not cheap, like you know, top notch fan service. Of course, the live action version of that would just go hard as hell and, and make us all think, wow, did we just see the best thing ever? Of course, you know? Yeah. So, and directed by Dave himself. So I don't feel hyperbolic saying yes. That's my, that's my answer. Television episode without question for me. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, it's not a debate. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously the moment that you're referring to in Mando season two was cathartic in so many ways, but I don't know. That that was like the the joy you felt seeing that the one character that was so unexpected. That was that was a moment. This yeah. was this was an episode. Sure. You know, patron and friend Nicole Rourke, a Jedi Master in our Discord, says her top four Star Wars things. Period. Apparently, I'm judging by what I'm reading here. Number one, Ahsoka: Shadow Warrior, Part Five. Two, Andor: One Way Out. Three, Mandalorian The Rescue. Referencing the same stuff here. Number four, The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, wow. 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 Spicy hot. That is, that is a hot take. Uh, good. If you- and, and Henry replied with the perfect gif of Eric Andres saying, why would you say something so controversial, controversial yet so brave? <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish you all the best if you decide to take to the internet with that hot take. <laughs> yeah. I think I think what's interesting about it, Ryan, hearing because so Adam and I deliberated about this yesterday, and I think the the feeling that we get is like exactly this idea of like being super giddy, right? And I th- I think I think Luke's Luke's appearance in the finale was a triumph for a, a lot of things, right? Because like for us, that was probably the first time we realized that we we're going to see original trilogy legacy characters show up in this show that is like bringing so many people back into star Wars. Right. Um, mm-hmm. very exciting for that. And then of course, obviously, uh, it's a single X wing flies by. Right. And then the, the hype, I think the hype was unmatched because I think as soon as we saw Anakin in the previous episode, we knew that we were probably going like, I, so you know what I we mean? Knew like, we we'd almost been, to, to some degree. Yeah. 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 We'd, we had been teased enough to know that like, you know, the, the world between worlds and, and, and knowing Anakin Skywalker is, is back to, you know, we, we knew there was going to be some lesson, but I think in terms of like the way, the reason that you love things, because you know, you are a, uh, you are a, an, an artiste yourself, but also you appreciate great writing. You appreciate a great, um, a, a great story arc. And I'm leaning into that. I think, I think the idea of this being probably one of the most cohesive, like, like episodes in terms of like, you know, Ahsoka has to face her own trial she has to look forward and backwards. She denies the idea that, you know, she, what, what is her master going to teach her? Uh, we went over this last night, but I think mm-hmm. like looking at it, I, I'm after 24 hours, I think I'm in agreement that like this probably is the greatest single piece of Star Wars television we've ever seen. Hot take. It's, it's better than some of the films. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, it, I, would, I will agree. it would definitely rank higher in a, in a ranking of, like what Nicole just did, if I did that, this would be higher than several of the films. And that is, yeah. 
that is saying a lot for a 45 minute episode of television. Yeah. I mean, it, it was straight up could be an act from a feature film. You could just plop this thing right in there. It, it was, I mean, even the effects and everything, just there's a reason they put it in a theater. On that note, I was talking to Brooke uh, after the episode and she saw it in theaters and yeah. I didn't ask. She just offered up that it belong. It like belongs on the, she said something along the lines of even these TV shows belong on the big screen. Yeah. So it, it felt like a film apparently in the theater. I'm I, I would have killed to do that, man. Well, we'll see it next time. If we can get someone that you can kill to make that happen. Um, <laughs> That's a good point. Let, we, Why do I have to kill someone? <laughs> you said you would kill. I'm just, you know, oh, just oh, got it. Got yeah. it. <laughs> All right, uh, we, we have a lot of stuff to talk about in not much time, so let's do Stolen Plans. Kill. <laughs> what have you done with those plans? Kill. Kill. Alice's Restaurant, anybody? It's a throwback. S- 60s, I wasn't born. Hmm. Uh, Stolen Plans, we're talking about Ahsoka Part 5 Shadow Warrior. This debuted yesterday, of course, at the time of this recording, September 12th, 2023 on Disney+. Plus. Written and directed by Dave Filoni. Praise be. Disney Plus description, Ahsoka confronts her past while Hera and her allies undertake a rescue mission. Thank you for accepting our feedback, Disney Plus. These are great descriptions. Were you at all, um, I don't know, did it trick your brain at all for a a moment when you read that to think that Hera and crew were going to go ahead and and get to the other galaxy somehow while Ahsoka was in the World Between Worlds? Mm, I didn't read it till after. Oh, I, when I read it, I thought, I thought, oh, wow, we're going to get like a, the, the classic Star Wars dual adventures happening at the same time. And Hera, they're going to find a way. I, I mean, I think I assumed what is ha- what ended up happening at the end of the episode anyways with the Purgle. But I was like, right. oh, they're going to they're going to hook up with the Purgle while Ahsoka is in the world between worlds. And then Ahsoka is just going to tumble out of there into the other galaxy or something, yeah. you know. But that, the description really made me think that we were, we were going there in this episode. Please, no one hook up with the Purgle. That's that breaks some kind of laws and definitely some mm. ethics. Um, starring, you're really getting me tonight, huh? What a prude! Welcome to the roast of Brian Key. Um, starring, uh, of course, the usuals and uh, Paul Sung Hyung Lee as Carson Teva. I feel like this was the maybe the most screen time in a single episode for him. He's just yeah, he's just like a lead on the show now. Yeah, it's great. Give only make the man Maverick and give the guy his damn X wing film what are we waiting for yeah yeah what are we waiting for how sick was the one shot when they went low to the water with the foils like closed right yes yes and it was like the the super long lens shot that looked discussion discussion save it save it god it looked so top gun you're you're in the wrong segment adam (laughs) sorry 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 (laughs) okay uh brendan wayne as lieutenant lander he survived um isa davis as uh captain gerard right gerard that's right she was the captain of the ship that was saying, hey, man, um, what the hell's going on out there? Uh, she played Gail Graham in Mare of Easttown, which was uh, incredible. an incredible show from mm-hmm. all accounts. Uh, Cynthia Driscoll in House of Cards. So she's been some uh, pretty top-tier prestige TV. A couple of decent shows. Mm-hmm. Hayden, of course, is Anakin Skywalker. Uh, Adrian Greenblatt as young Ahsoka Tano. You may, you may recognize her face, even if you don't know the roles, she was um, young Gamora in Avengers Infinity War, Koa in 65 with Adam Driver just recently, and Sasha in Barbie, the daughter of um, America's, America Ferrera's character, Ferrara? 
Ferrara's character. She's great. This girl, she's 15 now. Mm. So cool, 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 cool. Probably 14 when they filmed this. And I think although she looked super young for, you know, Siege of Mandalore era Ahsoka, mm-hmm. I think it was a good like middle ground. Because either way, yeah. 17, that's a child. So it was a good way to say like, yo, look, like the casting was a great way to say, look how young this person was when she was in the heat of a, a, a galactic war, you know, giving orders to like adults. Right. Pretty crazy. I'm, um, I'm actually just more thinking about that. She's how old? 15? 15 now. Yeah. Oh, 15 now. Okay. So I'm just trying to think of like what I've done with my life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's, and, and I think that's a great point. I think that's a great point, Adam, because like, you know, the, the idea of Ahsoka being in so many of like the Jedi youth, if they feel the Jedi feel like they're ready, put them to the trial to, you know, and the, and the apprentice and, and throw them in. And especially like when you're, mentor is anakin skywalker like he's not going to be like okay cool wait in the car um he's gonna be like no come on over like cut let's cut some shit up um (laughs) so i think i think it was it was important to specifically show her like that in that regard because like when you think about where she was by the time the clone wars were over um she ain't that much older no so there's you know what i mean it just shows the impact of when people um some of our favorite critics on the internet were like ah she seems like she's kind of dull like, she seems like she's bored. Like, she seems like she's just really somber. I'm like, did you watch the same thing that I watched? Because, like, this girl basically, like, assisted saving people from genocide. She's basically watched everyone in her life die or betray her. I'm like, I, I feel like she's kind of earned the ability to not, like, dance around and entertain you, right? Um, right. So, oof, like, that whole flashback, mm, we should talk about that, right? We should probably talk about that. We will. And lastly... The return to Mara Morrison as Rex, Captain and Commander, two different eras. Important in the flashback. Didn't see his face, of course, but we got his voice. I doubt he was on set. I don't think so. To be honest, <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, he was. He was probably like, "No, nah, I'm good." <laughs> yeah, I'll call it in. Fifty-one minute runtime. So, like, uh, like most of the others, probably the longest average episodes per series or uh, of any series yet. I would say it's eight episodes, right? Yeah. 45 minutes-ish of, of actual screen time. Um, again, these include credits, the ones we read every week. How many times did you watch it? Um, fully, twice, with the bits okay, and same. pieces, at least another same. one and a half, probably, going through digging. I watched it straight through twice. <sighs> I, tried, I tried to start it again last night mm-hmm. when I went to bed, just just like go right back into it, but I didn't make it, so I started it this morning with my coffee and... Went back to the top and this man, like, I want to oh, watch it right now. This is fun. Amazing. Love yeah. you guys. I'm stoked <laughs> to be here, but I kind of want to bail and go watch it watch, right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, watch it after. Do it. Do it. I might. I, I watched might. it when I got home last night, went to bed because, you know, Nick and I watched it in their bus. And there was also like a little bit of something about that TV. Like we turned off motion smoothing and all that, but there was something little about the refresh rate or something on that TV that wasn't optimal for me. And I, I'm like, I'm, I can't not see that stuff. So I had to, I had to cleanse my palate with a TV that felt right to me. The glamorous life of a touring musician. The I, TV I know, I, might not be right for Ahsoka. Hey, do they have, you, Adam, do they have TVs in North Korea? <laughs> cool. Um, <laughs> there, I, I just want to let people know, hey, if you're thinking about picking up an instrument, starting to play, <laughs> making a band, you got to think. 
if you get to this point, upgrade that TV, dude. Turns you into a monster. Yeah, like, this is what happens. Maybe just unplug. Maybe just become a DJ. Who knows? Appreciate you uh, in the comments, Henry, for uh, uh, feeling my pain. But, dude, <laughs> full transparency, my TV, my preferred viewing device is a $450 Vizio TV from Sam's Club. Mm. That's what I watch at home. Mm. So it's not like I have some, you know, liquid OLED $2,000 TV. Again, rock stars, they're just like us. I won't tell you about the TV that's going in the new studio. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I don't have <laughs> I don't have yellow card money in my home theater budget. <laughs> okay. The ongoing okay. joke. All oh, right. Thank the maker. Uh, ribbing on yellow card podcast. This is just... I told you this is the roast of Ryan Key episode. We can also appreciate, though, that Ryan is wearing the Roosevelt's jacket inside in Florida, which yes. is a flex, and I do like that. I appreciate that, Ryan. I do also want to, just because we're talking about it, have to give a special shout-out to the sponsor of this podcast, which is Roosevelt's, for sending us these Toronto exclusives. Yes, I love that one you have. This right one there. is awesome, and I sent Dustin a message, which, congratulations, Dustin just had a kid. Big deal. You're in the dad club now. Welcome aboard. But I was like, hey, I'm um, just saying I can't get over to Canada anytime soon, but I would certainly love if you maybe grab me a uh, this one. And then all of a sudden a box showed up and all the exclusives from the Toronto Comic-Con, whatever, ex Fan Expo. Fan Expo, um, yeah. Here. Yeah. So, you know what? Roosevelt, those guys are taking care of us. Shriner, John, Dustin, you guys are amazing. Insert Kylo Ren thank you gif. Thank you. All right, let's do some discussion here. We've got a lot in, uh, we got a lot to talk about, a lot in the den too. So right off the top, the title, what does Shadow Warrior as a title mean to you guys? I have interpretations. I've been trying to like really like land on something, but nothing feels totally right. Do you guys have opinions? It's linked in some way to the discussion of her need needing to be trained as a warrior, as a soldier. Okay. And yeah. not not a Jedi, you know? Right. Um, I'm not sure how that turns in like a shadow, like, you know, who, the Phantom Menace. Right. Not gonna yeah. not gonna go there. But like what it, shadow obviously the whole the name I think makes you feel some um kind like you feel that there's a secret or it's like covert or it's something hiding in plain sight, that kind of vibe. And I don't know how that translates to that. But they do Anakin and Ahsoka talk a lot in their time together in the flashback about being trained as a soldier because you're a warrior now. Mm -hmm. The word warrior is used multiple times, you know, so I'm yeah. not I'm not sure. I'm not sure uh, wh where the shadow plays into it. Yeah. Mike, thoughts? Um, I'm going to go ahead and say knowing Dave Filoni, uh, it actually probably references the uh, Shadow Warrior first person shooter in 1997 who uh, fights off hordes of demons. And Dave was probably like, ah, it's like your memory's coming back to haunt you. And she's just fighting him off. Uh, that's probably what it is. Uh, we're probably all looking into it way too hard because Filoni would do something like that. Well, hey, dude, that's a great answer, and I feel um, like I just had knowledge dropped on me real hard. <laughs> I think, I think, realistically, the the idea of of the world between worlds as a teacher, as you know, when he talks about when Filoni was talking about, we had that we shared that piece about like kind of his explanation of the world between worlds um, that you're in it 
for a specific reason that's supposed to put you on a path and it's not really designed to interact with anybody else's. So I think the idea of a warrior needing to prove themselves to earn that title in a way, um, aren't all the, all the battles aren't fought directly on the battlefield. Ahsoka actually right. referenced that as she's talking to Anakin. And so I think the idea of her fighting something internally where the shadow sits I think that's kind of the idea of what this specific title was about. Well, speaking of internal battles, here's another question. Is this all, is this in the actual world between worlds or is this all just in Ahsoka's head? Mm. And if it's real, I have questions. I feel really strongly that Vader, that Anakin pulled, pulled her in to this, that there, that there's a gateway to the world between worlds there on uh, what's the planet called? Cetos. 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 Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a gateway there, just like there was at the temple, and we know Palpatine knows how to use it and manipulate it. So why would we assume that he hasn't taught Vader about it, how to use it? Mm-hmm. And in the same way that Ezra pulled Ahsoka out of the fight with Vader. Uh, Anakin saved Ahsoka from falling to her death from that cliff and pulled where, you know, it's right yeah. there at that temple or that shrine, you know, there, there's some kind of juju there. Obviously when Jason sits down, he connects really deeply with the force there. Oof. Is it underwater? Is it off? May, the maybe, cliff? but like, maybe, I mean, it could be, you know, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know where, physical pulling of her into it would be i have this vision in my head that she's just falling and he sort of just reaches out and pulls her in you know yeah. from uh, something you can't you can't see well we well the whole thing like the look and feel of the whole thing the design of it is much more fluid literally and mysterious than the rebels version that is hard lines and actual portals you know as she she's moving around and she's hearing voices in there and she's transferring she's going into these past places we don't have the solid portals, so I can see what you're saying making sense. Like it's not like she has to go through a gate. Yeah, but and the and the walkway, the bridge, whatever you want to call it, the path that she's on, it, it is. It's exactly there is no way that that's a bait and switch for us to be like, oh, that wasn't actually the world between worlds. That's why those two white lines were there. Right, I mean, it was, right, right. Uh, you know, and in the sky, there, there there's the, the different paths going all the different ways around them, and I like that concept that everybody's on their own path in the world between wor- worlds and you can, you know, whether that's what you're seeing or not, I don't know, but there are all these different paths you can be on and you can see them in there. Um, and I think as far as being in, in, once you cross over and you're in there, I think whatever happens at that point, there's not even really much benefit to sit here and like analyze, well, how did, how did they, she go into a flashback and how did it's like, like all bets show. are off. But yeah. All bets are off once you're inside the you know once you've broken the laws of space time mm-hmm. and and you're you know Matthew McConaughey and Interstellar and you're just inside the black hole. There's no explanation for it that I need. I I, I felt really comfortable it's not that with that kind of movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I felt really comfortable with how how it went down and and that it evolved into the flashback. And I think the reason I, I felt comfortable with it and didn't have a lot of questions is because I just I felt like I understood it. I felt like I understood Anakin's motives that he was trying to uh, manipulate her and, and basically, you know, faking it uh, about lying to her um, to try to pull her into this 
uh, this vision and, and see if she would turn, you know, see if she would turn to the dark side. Yeah. And I mean, the dude, the, the, the saber that he first fights her with is like that. That's, that's the OG light blue saber. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's just like the ability to manipulate the space literally and time literally in, in the world between worlds is all you need to know about so if you have any questions about like, well, how is that possible? And how does that, I just think she got pulled in. And I think Palpatine being seen in rebels, manipulating it and showing up and being able to reach into it. And Ezra physically pulling Ahsoka into it. Uh, that that's all. I don't know. I just felt really comfortable with that being the physics of it. And that's how yeah. it worked. And so that <clears throat> are we getting to a point where now we're in dyad territory, right? Are, oh. we in, are we in the idea that like when Ray and Kylo were able to cross, right, we're able to cross through that portal, like Ray giving him, you know, pulling the lightsaber out. I mean, all mm-hmm. this stuff is like, I mean, this is, was that part of the world between worlds? Is that, you know, is that, is that the concept of the force and these two opposites and, and, you know, does every, you know, master and apprentice, but are some of them more so accepted the Sith doing it wrong, the Jedi doing it right? Is there a connection that both of them that allows both of them to be able to have that connection? Uh, so it certainly references almost all of Star Wars. I think it's incredible. Um, but I think in the concept of going back to what we talked about, the Shadow Warrior, um, the world between worlds uh, and, and the concept of shadow, we talked about it last night a little bit, Adam, Yoda fighting his dark self. Right, right. It's it's you're you're fighting uh, the the other side of yourself, which is the shadow that you cast. Usually, doubt cat, the shadow that you cast upon yourself. And what was Ahsoka's what was Ahsoka's trial essentially in here was her past and, and yeah. getting over it. So I think I think it makes a lot. I think it makes sense. I love that it's open. I love that we don't have a definitive. Uh, most of this episode, most of these episodes have had fairly open to interpretation titles, which I actually yeah. love. Yeah, same. Yeah, a few folks in, in the chat here in, in uh, Discord throwing in some great points about shadow boxing, um, shadow uh, as a warrior training method. You know, it's, it is a trial. It is a training exercise. I think that kind of says it all. I think, I think we're, all, uh, we're all converging on the same kind of thing. Another question to you, Mike. Yes. So if this if this really is Anakin, he's not a Force ghost, sure, or it really is him in the sense, the same sense that other world between worlds uh, appearances are. Why do his eyes turn? Because you can't be one with the you can't become one with the cosmic force, and also use the dark side, right? Right. Sith can't uh, traverse that plane right. into that that type of existence. Which, which think? I think at some point that's, you know, that that's always been kind of the thing is like Palpatine attempting to get through that portal, right? To get through, break into that. He's very aware of it. Mm-hmm. The idea of him going to the dark side is Ahsoka's test to see if she's going to give in to a power that would beat him the wrong So it's way. an illusion? I th- I think so. I think in the idea because like she sees the reflection in her eyes. Her eyes. You saw. You guys watched it. Like her, her eyes. Turn, eyes yeah. Her eyes turn right. But that's her looking in the reflection of being like, Anakin chose to go to the dark side to tap into power 
that many Jedi fall to because they they feel drunk on it because it's like this is something I've never felt before. This is the idea that like I could actually be po more powerful than what the Jedi are teaching me, right? The fact that she looked it in the eye, saw it, recognized that she probably could feel its power and chose no, that mm -hmm. was Anakin. That was Anakin's like final test to be like, we got to test all Jedi with it. That was where I fell. Now you're better than me. Yeah. Ryan? I didn't think her eyes actually turned. I think it was just incredible filmmaking and the lightsaber made it look, it was insinuated. It was like when the blue and the red were both on Anakin's face in Obi-Wan. Yeah, or, yeah, in yeah. Obi -Wan, I, you know? A reflect. But, I don't think they actually turned, but I'm with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But just throw this out there. What if, because the concept that what we've seen in the world between worlds when it's being manipulated, um, when Palpatine is... Shoot, literally shooting force lightning through the portal into the world between worlds worlds mm -hmm. or when Ezra pulls Ahsoka out, as I've referenced a couple times, that's like physical interaction and they're actually there. You can see them. And right. Anakin doesn't look like that. Anakin is in a suit at this time. Think, think uh, Rise of Skywalker. I have been every voice you've ever heard yes. inside your head. Mm -hmm. What if it's Palpatine trying to get Ahsoka to turn? I like this. I mean, you know, I mean, he knows how to use this thing. And he wherever he is right now, at this point in the story, he's like, you know, he's incapable of, of moving or, or doing anything other than basically existing in this sort of meditative, dark place where if he knows how to watch you from the world between worlds, let's assume there's a portal into the world between worlds on Exegol. Right. I don't think that's I mean, right. That's like that seems very, super very, mythical, very, yeah place right right and so he's just watching he's watching everyone you, you know he's he's kind of and, and he has almost uh left the you know physical plane and is like kind of living after death in a way right so he's got this god complex of watching everyone all the time i don't know i just that that line just came into my head i've been every voice you've ever heard inside yeah. your head um because it can't, my point being that it can't physically be Anakin. Right. And, we, so, and, we've, so, and we've seen Palpatine manipulate the visions in the world between worlds, showing Ezra his parents. Right. He, he, he can do that. This won't simplify at all what I'm about to say. This is another layer of questions. Oh boy. Here we go. All right. Hang on. What I'm saying is Palpatine shot lightning through the thing. Palpatine was alive at the time, right? So we know that the dark side can interact with the world between worlds. The real reason I'm asking is... Anakin's dead. He has already become part of the cosmic force. So he can't tamper. He can't tamper in dark sided stuff anymore. So it has to be some kind of illusion, whether it's an illusion that he creates or not as part of a test. Right? Like, yes. And that's what I, that, that, that's what I meant to say when he doesn't look like that. He's in the suit. Like, um, I guess I wasn't thinking as I was speaking, he's at, yes, he's, he's already gone and did become one with the force on it upon his death. Right. But I just think that if we are leading, if this is all leading to answer the, the billion dollar question of how, how somehow Palpatine yeah. returned, yeah. yeah, how, if that's where we're heading, then we are, we are leading towards my, tagline you know the greatest sith lord of all time mm. explaining just how vast his powers really are and so it is not beyond you know it's, it's not beyond me to think 
that's all it is. It's, it's, it is Palpatine. He's always pulling the strings mm-hmm. behind all of this that we're watching. He's still, we know he's still there now. We already know how this ends. And you can't have Anakin there physically. It's not possible. So we've seen Palpatine use this space to show people things. We've already seen him do it. But is it possible? That's the other, that, that's why I said it doesn't simplify what I'm about to say or what I said earlier. Um, if you are a force ghost, can you then appear in this more earthly form, for lack of a better term? Mm-hmm. Rather than just a voice like Qui-Gon or, yeah. Right, rather than just a, a, a translucent spirit. Why would he turn? Why would he turn in in the vision and in the memory? Why, why would he? Why would he fight her and want to kill her if he's already? If he's he's, te- he's testing her. But think about it this way: if she would have gone to the dark side, would that have been his key to be able to get in? Palpatine's. That would have. Would that have been his new apprentice? I definitely do not think that it is Force Ghost Anakin. There was too much anger and hate in him in that scene when she says, "I choose to live." to be mm-hmm. the Anakin that's now passed on and become one with the force. It can't be the same person. I mean, I think, I think too, though, like if we, if we go back, Ryan, you're the most recent watcher of rebels. When we go into, I think Sonfield had sent over to me that episode specifically that I said, rewatch this. But what that does is that specifically the world between worlds, because I believe that was Kanan's trial, his interaction with it when they, I believe they find the, the portal. Right. And Kanan, is knighted by beating the Grand Inquisitor, right? But that di- that didn't actually happen, correct? I don't. Same episode where that's in the same episode where Ahsoka, uh, where Anakin appears behind Ahsoka. Yes. And is telling her and that she, he, realizes she left him he, and stuff. She realizes then, he's Vader. Yes, and then and then she screams no, and that tear comes down her face, and it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, so that it, it's almost like is that is was that her almost like this metaphysical projection of actually was that her like you know what i mean it's almost like was that her projection of her it was that is that yoda's dark yoda you know what i mean was anakin skywalker oh right her dark for her shadow why i think no luke saw luke in the cave ray saw ray on octo yoda saw yoda she saw Anakin. I'm gonna, I'm gonna die on the hill that is Palpatine. <laughs> I, I really believe that's greatest Sith Lord of all time. He said it in episode. He said in episode one of Thank the Maker. I think we have to stick. With I that. think, I think just, I just think that makes the most sense. Whether we ever get an explanation or not, I like it. Based on what we've already seen is capable, and his his known involvement and 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 knowledge of the world between worlds, it just tracks for me. Ryan's gonna wait to get. Pal- uh, let's get Filoni on the show. Let's get his take on it. He's probably not going to give us an answer, but Ryan, call him. He said he was going to text me back. He's really busy. Uh, well, you know. Did you give him your pager number too? I did. So I, we're, we all keep mentioning, we all keep using the word trial. This was a, a trial. Like I, I'm hearing a lot of people talking about this being her actual trial to knighthood as, you know, becoming truly a Jedi. Justin Lee, follower on Instagram, sent uh, a little theory to us about that as well. This is part of this conversation about whether or not it was real for the reasons that you guys are saying. And lots of those trials, you know, some of the trials like, you know, that, that, um, that Mace Windu claimed, for example, Ahsoka's was, you know, being hosed by the Jedi Order was her trial. I don't believe that was it. I believe it was this. So real life trials and then also a lot of trials that are just visions, trials and also like milestones in their, in their growth and, and, you know, lessons and through their journey. 
like the younglings on Ilum in the Clone Wars, you know, the gathering. Uh, the Mortis arc was, you know, involved a lot of trials and a lot of visions. Uh, Yoda and Dagobah that we mentioned, Luke and Dagobah. So varying types of real experiences and visions. I don't think nothing about what I just said uh, gets us any closer to a true answer. I think it more says that any of this is possible. The only reason I feel so strongly that it wasn't Anakin beyond the grave give, doing, giving her the same trial that Yoda gave Luke mm-hmm. in, in that way is I believe what you saw in him at the end of, of, the, of that, not really, not the scene, but at the end of the trial when she decided to stand up and say, no, I choose to live. That was, that was Sith hate and, and anger that yeah. fought fought back and that lightsaber turned red from blue the, the deception was over he didn't you know and and that's right being sith that's your your right. uh, very reactive you don't you can't be patient you can't there's no long play so when he realized it wasn't working why hold up the, the why have the disguise on anymore that i'm your master anakin right. that you know and love i'm going full sith here's my red lightsaber i'm gonna i'm gonna kill you because you're not going to turn to the dark side that to me is very on brand for palpatine yeah i agree with that if you're not going to join me if if you won't join me you die here's here's another angle on this live or die thing regardless of regardless of whether or not your theory is correct regardless of whether or not this is anakin i think the live or die thing is mostly metaphorical not literal you know ahsoka hasn't been quote living she's been carrying all this guilt all this baggage fear of attachment and failure that's kept her from being um, Sabine's mentor, kept her from being Grogu's mentor, and it's prevented her from, like, quote, living for real, you know, keeping her from being the person who she needs to be in the universe, the person that she used to be. Hmm. So there, there is some literal meaning in there, but I think, like, the metaphor of, like, her dying, her spirit dying versus choosing to live and become... Ahsoka the White, coming back to who she was, I think it is is more what that live or die thing is about. Hmm. I think the two theories can coexist because I do think it was metaphorical for her and she came out a changed Jedi on the other side of it, you know, uh, a changed being in every way. She did. But I think there's also literal uh, meaning to it when Palpatine is notorious for saying, join me or die. Right. You have to make a choice right here in this moment if you're going to live or die. That's his mm-hmm. th- style, and it's exactly what happened here. Do it. And so I, I think, I think yeah, yeah, I think it can be both things. I really do. And yeah. I think the fact that she survived, she survived it, and, and she, you know, she bested, uh, she bested Anakin in, in a way in, in combat in there. I mean, it just, I, I think she came out changed and ready to live as, in, the, in the metaphoric sense. Agreed. Are we... Are we talking about Star Wars? Is this the is this the movie with the funny looking spaceship and the walking carpet? Yeah, is it the big dog guy? Is this the movie about the wizard boy? Wow, the Cantina Band. This yep. is yeah, 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 with the with the vagina mouth. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. This is wow. Are we wow? Same this thing. is wow. Deep stuff. We've come a long way. Come a long way. Speaking of that and throwbacks, let's get into the den of antiquities. Hey everyone, we want to take a moment to tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Roosevelt's. 
You may know Roosevelt as the company who makes those rad, all-over-print button-downs with just about every franchise that you love. They, of course, have Star Wars, because this is a Star Wars podcast, but they also have Harry Potter, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, NASA, WWE, The Office, Nickelodeon, Rick and Morty, Friends, all kinds of other stuff, including new lines from Yellowstone and The Godfather. And not just button-downs, but t-shirts, they do shorts, jackets, hoodies, koozies, flannels, so many different kinds of items, so many dope designs. So if you're interested in picking something up for the first time, go to rsvlts.com and use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces to get 20% off your first purchase. Once again, that's rsvlts.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off of your first purchase. It is the dark saber. It's a Calicori. A Sith Wayfinder. Dark science. Cloning. Secrets only the Sith knew. Mike, lip syncing. <laughs> so, I've, heard it, I've heard it before. <laughs> You're familiar. All right. Mike, you want to take this again since Nick is not here? Oh, sure. The Den of Antiquities is pretty deep, and uh, I don't think many people missed all of the things that were in placed here on purpose in the Den of Antiquities. Uh, the World Between Worlds was originally called the Vengeance Scatter, which... Vir- Virgins Scatter. Virgins Scatter. Sorry. I, uh, I I think it's actually written in our notes as Vengeance. No comment. It is. But see, you got me all excited because I was like, see, mm-hmm. I'm right. If that's what Filoni originally wanted to call it, I got all excited. So now um, that Adam has corrected it, thanks to Spellcheck, um, which actually screwed you, Adam. That's probably why. Um, the version scatter, which also makes sense. Uh, so I, I like that. So it's interesting. It was written about in the sacred Jedi texts kept in the Jedi Temple on Octo and is something uh, in something called the Chain Worlds Theorem, which I'm sure was a book that Ray will definitely read now that she has all the knowledge that a girl must possess. Uh, we were wrong about the lightsaber. We'd like to uh, officially and publicly apologize to Jason Chiodo. We went on a we went on a uh, we a, went a on tear. A, a tear, went on a tear last <laughs> week talking about, dude, what if it's like a broken version? And uh, Jason literally sent over the next morning um, him in his hallway with that lightsaber, and he brought it into the light and he put it in. He goes. It's the same lightsaber. <laughs> um, With the black cloak and everything? Yeah. Oops. <laughs> and, and Adam Adam sent back the perfect gif of, like, David from... Uh, Shit's Creek. Shit's Creek. Okay, fine. Oh, my God, fine. Yeah, oh, my God, fine. <laughs> Jason was right. It was indeed Anakin with Anakin's uh, episode three saber. You want to know what the definition of virgins is? Yeah. The yes. simultaneous movement of the pupils of the eyes toward or away from one another during focusing. Nice. Nice. So I'd say that's pretty spot on. I actually like man, that sounded pretty badass. Why didn't they keep it that way? It sounded it sounded too mean. That's yeah. probably why. I like it. Um, it turns out um when when Anakin draws his lightsaber on Ahsoka, which I think we all almost cried over this last night, mm-hmm. uh, she says, I won't fight you, to which Anakin replies, I've heard that before. Where, Ryan Key, has Anakin Skywalker indeed heard that Um, before? Small moment in the story where his son drops his lightsaber to the ground and says he won't fight him. Small moment in a small film called Return of the Jedi. Not that important. (laughs) Not that important. Which is pretty incredible to, um, to, to saying, of course, that Ahsoka 
had previously met Luke. It mirrors the meeting on Malachor and Rebels when Ahsoka says, I won't leave you, not this time, to which Darth Vader replies, then you will die. Which, pretty much what Anakin told her again. And this also sounds like uh, in, oh, we already did this part. Sorry, cut that out. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This also sounds like in reference to Return of the Jedi during Luke's deal with, with Vader when he says, I will not fight you, Father. And Vader replies, you are unwise to lower your defenses and attacks, which is a pretty Anakin way of teaching a lesson of being like, I see you. I appreciate you. I still am going to try to kill you so that you always know to be prepared in case someone does actually try to kill you. Just letting you know, don't be too nice. Your enemy will not yeah, give lessons. you that. Yeah, you, lessons your, learned. Your enemy will not give you that. Um, so we see, of course, the Siege of Mandalore from a different perspective. Um, we It's probably one of the strongest arcs in all of the Clone Wars, but again, many people are way too cool to watch a kid's cartoon show because what possibly mm-hmm. could there be in there for people to be entertained by? Um, and we saw the Maldalorians, which is the Gar Saxon style with the big spikes sticking out of it. And uh, Ahsoka absolutely go to town on one of them with both of her classic Clone Wars style, two lightsabers in it, uh, with her with her classic, uh, the, the double Bushido style blade, uh, which I think was at that point, that was the double, that was the blue and the green, correct? Or was that the double blue? Uh, double blue. Double blue. Um, Always blue. Always blue. Always blue. Uh, running alongside her besides phase two Captain Rex, which would have been periodically appropriate for the time when he melded his mass together in the way that Rex liked to do it, uh, was the 332nd Legion, which was Anakin Skywalker's gift to her to name her Commander Tano, which is the guys that had the fulcrum symbol on their face. Uh, And the reason they're not really around anymore is because Ahsoka had to bury them all after Ryan's greatest Sith Lord of all time activated a chip in their head, which made them all turn on her and Rex and um, crash the uh, pretty much made the biggest bummer of an episode I've probably ever seen before. But God, it's beautiful. Jason Syndulla's father was Kanan Jarrus, a Jedi from Rebels. Again, you wouldn't watch animated shows because they're nothing. There's nothing to teach you in them uh, who died <laughs> saving the rebel crew on Lothal, uh, which uh, it was his final uh, middle finger to um, Arinda Price, the governor of Lothal. What's amazing about it is the symbol on his shoulder pauldron is the same as Kanan's. I think I knew that it was green, but I never saw that symbol on there before, which is like the three prong, whatever that, that, uh, it, whatever that, uh, I'm assuming maybe it's a Shriek Hawk, a different version of it. Uh, but you can see it that like it's pretty oversized on him, which made me think that either it's a tribute, maybe Hera made it for him. You can see that it's a little bit different, but regardless, pretty sick. Um, it can't be a, a phoenix. It can't be like a different orientation of like a bird. Oh, yeah, it could be. Phoenix I could see it. Yeah, yeah, two wings going forward, and that's the head in the middle. There's the neck, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I could see that. But also you'll notice that little, see that little tiny triangle up there? And go back to that shot of Kanan Jarrus real quick. Go, wow. Yep, go back to I that. I did not notice that. Uh-huh. There you go. Right there, right in the middle of his chest. Uh-huh. So uh, as you could see, the uh, Ahsoka crew does their homework in nearly every sense of the word. And Jason Sindula indeed is the son of his father, Kanan Jarrus. Wow. So the, the thing that I think is amazing too, are also Carson Teva's response 
to Hu Yang saying his father was a Jedi. Carson Tevis response. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, uh, which I think would actually be to most of us, uh, if Jedi were real, which they are, uh, that would probably be our response. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. I actually uh, give a shout yeah, out. Better get to, on it then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think he says, okay, I guess we're going airborne. Um, speculation here, which we don't do on this show. We never have, we never will. Uh, mm-hmm. but if we did, uh, does Jason go to train under Luke alongside Ben Solo? Was he killed? What if he became one of the... You ready for this? Knights. This is an out there theory, but what if he became a Knight of Ren? Desperately, we want just one of these characters to just be a full-blown baddie. Just a full-blown, yeah. big, bad, evil, murderous... I was going to say a bad word, but I'm trying not to right, do that on right, the pod. Right. Well, yeah, sorry, we got we to tighten Appreciate it. Uh, there is a reference to Leia when Carson Tevis says to Hera, Senator Organa says says can she can only give us cover for so long. Um, you have to assume that Leia Organa, who's been, uh, you know, I don't know, sidestepping the rules and sidestepping <laughs> all this white tape for a long time. Uh, like her you know, whole life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she maybe can uh, catch the people in her crew that, um, you know, might need a little, give them a little space, let them just work, right? Yeah. Um, the book Bloodline talks about how Leia butted heads and met resistance from the Senate, pardon the pun. She ultimately left the New Republic to create the New Resistance and could have been Chancellor, which makes sense. So I think this little reference there was, of course, not only Dave's love letter to saying, don't worry, we have not forgot about our favorite characters a long time. We know that, you know, we know that The Force Awakens is coming. Uh, so I think it was a very particular moment to say that these this crew, the Phoenix Squadron, they're all connected. Leia knows exactly what they're up to. And if we do get an opportunity, I think Filoni would be the one to take it. Um, when, Ahsoka, when Ahsoka walks up to the ghost with no headband, we can see her ears. And that, I think, is the first time seeing Togruta's ears, which I believe... When she wakes up on the ghost, sorry. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that's okay. See that? Look at those things. Yeah, that's interesting. Super, like, Ridley Scott alieny. Yeah, gills almost. <laughs> you know? So what's interesting is the headband, they always have, they, they kind of look like partial headphones, right? Right, right. You know? Right. I wonder if that's, if they are like headphones, like AirPods with transparency mode on, you know what I mean? Because right. of the way that those are tucked to protect them. I don't know. I wonder if they're super sensitive. Yeah. So she always has to have something over. Are them. her montrails almost able like to pick up? You know what's the name of those um those headphones that like basically block the noise, but they had that little int int is it intonate or I can't remember the word, but it almost has like that little uh, metal piece that sticks out to give you that high tone frequency. I mean, AirPods and a lot of newer headphones like do active noise canceling and then a transparency mode, so you're it's like. Like a hearing aid, like it filters sure. it for what's most audible in your hearing range and so sure, on. Sure, sure. But I, I wonder if there's some kind of sensitivity to those would be kind of interesting. Um, but that's the first time I think that we've actually seen this part of the anatomy uh, on a Togaruta before, which is um, for some people were like, I don't need to see that anymore. And I was like, again, yeah. prudes. <laughs> I'm sure there, the, amount, the amount of comments about how they didn't like the way her ears looked are just... Yeah amazing to oh, for sure you know for sure they need something to be upset about and so the ear they don't like the yeah ears. let's go back oh, to here, see what legend said about ears right here's another thing um the my first thought was how do you hear with that tiny little hole but if you think about it 
our ears are like one of these holes, right? Human right. ears. It's just one little hole. And they don't have, you know, traditional ear lobes, but this whole section of a mantral is a pretty good sound catcher. Hmm. Kind of just like big ass ears. That's a good point. I don't know. It all works out physiologically to me. In his mind, you know, in when Filoni, if it goes back to the creation of Ahsoka or if it's developed over time in his mind or whatever, but I wonder, because this is his episode, written, directed, he, that was something he wanted to show. So I wonder the, the concept of them always being covered in some fashion, like if, it, if it's some type of, like we're talking about here, sensitivity. Right. You know, right. that super high sensitivity to, yeah. to hearing. And if she moved those out of the way, you would actually see her gills. <laughs> That's what we'd also see on there, too. Um, yeah. So let's get into the flashbacks because this was also super important. Um, we have, of course, the massive before we saw the lat gunship, which, again, my favorite freaking ship in the entire prequels. Um, but we saw the ATTEs, which are kind of like those almost like those giant walking tanks with the you know, with the slow feet. Um, we, uh, in, in reference, of course, to those, that's actually where we had met, uh, in, in rebels, we met Gregor Wolf and Rex kind of like on one of these that was somehow still working. Right. And they're like kind of camped out and it's all deserted and kind of, uh, you know, almost captain Ron. Uh, and then they, they evade, a, an ATAT, which I thought was a beautifully poetic moment of going the rebellion, the resistance, uh -huh. the Galactic Republic is being replaced by the bigger, stronger uh, Galactic Empire, but still no match. And kind of goes all the way back to uh, Lucas's reference of uh, that the rebellion was not the U.S. Army in Vietnam. Um, <laughs> Anakin's armor from the Clone Wars between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. It was his very kind of bulky vader inspiration right i don't think enough people mm -hmm. put that together that like his shoulder armor that he wears as darth vader very reminiscent of the jedi armor that he wore uh during his time as a jedi knight uh and as a general um and in this battle is almost definitely the siege the siege of ryloth uh, that we saw in Clone Wars Season 1, and we referenced last night in our discussion the storm over Ryloth. So you have Hera's dad that was there. Uh, you have uh, a, a huge, huge, huge victory for the Galactic Republic, destroying the battle droids, getting Ryloth, which was previously a pretty isolated planet that really resisted a lot of, you know, in, being being brought into... Uh, needing to depend on someone. They were very resistant. They wanted to be, you know, they wanted to be their own entity, their own people. Uh, and so to accept the help of the Jedi, to accept the help of the Galactic Republic would save them temporarily and then only go on to be part of their demise. So, I went back and looked pretty closely. I don't think either of those Twi'leks that are, are kind of talking to, to Rex and the other troopers are Shams and Dula. It makes sense. I'm I'm sure that they I'm sure they put it there, but I think the fact that we saw almost all non-clones, all non-phase one clones were all Twi'leks, mm -hmm. I think that was the giveaway that that was the that was the uh the battle specifically of Ryloth. Yeah, I think it's the battle for sure. And even that quote like we talked about last night where she she's so upset about losing all of these clones because she was giving the orders it, it was her command it mirrors the conversation she has with Anakin in the episode um, Storm over Ryloth, Ryloth right. from that arc 
where she loses a bunch of ships and pilots, you know, with kind of like a, a gut, um, you know, she goes with her gut and it doesn't pay off. And it's a brutal lesson, all part of the guilt that she's carrying. Gutsiest move I ever saw, Mav. <laughs> Um, yeah. And I'm, and again, me and Adam talked about it. Uh, I would say if you're an armor builder right now, if you're Kevin Weir of, uh, Imperial surplus, uh, I hope that he is pulling at least a hundred phase one clones on his, uh, on his vacuum four machine tonight, because orders are about to go up. Yeah. Phase Facts. one clones are in, bring them back. Not that they ever went out of style, but you know, I think for a long time people were really into the phase two but now the mohawk is back so bring it back bring it back let's um god we're going on an hour already let's wrap this thing up with i love you i know i love you i know favorite scenes moments quotes and so on let's go to discord and see what the folks are saying anyone else want to read these or shall i uh you got it how do you expect us to choose well that's the that's half the fun of the game i think i'm like i'm actually a little bit angry at you for asking this of me this week sorry but i'm not sorry claire d in discord says hearing tamara morrison's voice is rex <laughs> also jason being so force sensitive great things we didn't even talk really about and we have to for one second before we do this we have to talk about sure. about the force theme playing yes. when he's with his mother and she hears it too Dude, I think she heard it. She was either had like a mother's instinct yeah. of like, I can't hear it, but I know that he can. Right, right. Yeah, I know he can. Or it's, you know, Han Solo had the force. Finn had the force. It's like the idea that she was so close to him and so in tune with it. Maybe he showed her. Yeah, he helped know, like, her hear it. He maybe he helped her hear it, yeah. but... When that moment, when the, that mute, that, that theme started playing that, that was last night. I don't know if anybody watching or listening saw my Instagram post while I was watching it last night, but I posted like, okay, I guess I'm gonna watch the show. And then like one minute in or, you know, two or three minutes in, whenever that, that happened, it was pretty early in the episode, yeah. not three minutes, but it was early that I just took a picture of my fate, my natural resting face, <laughs> watching that and hearing that music. I texted it to my wife who was already in bed and she replied, you just started watching <laughs> like a cat's just all cats. Well, so, so good, man. Uh, Nicole Rourke, a Jedi master in the, uh, in the discord says, seeing the Maldalorians, Ahsoka, the white Anakin's clone armor or clone wars armor, the Canaan reference and the Vader flashes were all her favorites. Those Vader flashes were so well yeah. done too, just like on a visual yeah. effects level you know, thinking about how as, as it flashed, it changed the cloud of dust around him, the fog, you know, the right. light. It also made all of the clone troopers disappear. Yes. yes. And it was just Vader alone, yeah. and then they came back. Yeah. Pretty sick. Uh, Masaccio 87 says, uh, Greenblatt absolutely nailed the body movement of animated Padawan Ahsoka. Um, he said, good enough to forgive them for not using, using Ashley's voice to voice over those parts, which would have been cool. Uh, but also might have taken some people out of it. He says, I don't know. I would have been fully on board for that. That was on my bingo card. So uh, uh, Crow 42 says, um, all the above. That's <laughs> yeah. not how this game yeah. works. Okay, right, right, right. Yeah, and okay. then uh, the blue guy, 808, it's so hard to choose one. Everything about this episode was pure Star Wars. So I'll just say yes. 
All right. This one that just popped up from Kevin Doom, the entire flashback segment was a treat, but going to go with hearing you lack conviction. Oh, dude, did you hear the Vader voice come through it? Did you guys watch right. the headphones? Yes. Yeah. Incredible. Um, <sighs> I hate watching these, any of the new Star Wars stuff. I hate watching it without headphones. Like either I'm in full surround sound or headphones. I can't just watch it with TV speakers. The sound design is, is beyond crucial yeah. for sure. Mike, what was your favorite? Um, no. I'm going to go with a cop-out answer, but I'm also going to give you one specific. I would say my favorite part was the way that it made me feel. <laughs> Hear me out for a second. You always give non-answers, but go ahead. I, okay, I know. That's my thing. But but <laughs> how I felt, you remember when you, you know, in like your classic, like, you know, m- fantasy movie or whatever, where like you finally go back to that really dark tone where you, you, you feel you're, you're feeling down intentionally for the way they designed it. And then you get that little glimmer of hope and it makes you just be like, you know, get the, you know, get, put the armor on, do the, do the montage, do all this stuff. Like it gave you that, that sense of like watching the Pergil come out of the atmosphere and pass the galactic, the, the, the new Republic in a sense of like the new Republic the same as the old Republic, the same as the, whoever's trying to be in charge. Right. And this natural being flies by and gives them, passes them in a way that makes us all kind of feel like I'm going to get cosmic for a second. Mm -hmm. These natural things, these things that existed long before our galaxy that we know of was messing around with it, was trying to harness it, trying to figure all this stuff out. The Pergil moved by just like, our planet will continue to be what it is when we're long gone. Right. And you look at it from like an evolutionary standpoint and all this kind of stuff. Like I loved the way that it made me feel as an episode in terms of like how I felt like classic star Wars in that moment of being like, let's go to battle specifically though. How do you not say the flashback segment of seeing Ahsoka be aware of where she feels like she went wrong, but then also her forgiving herself, realizing that her purpose was beyond uh, her failure. Right? We, yeah. we, they are, they are what we grow beyond. Um, Yoda's quote uh, for Anakin, for her manifestation of whatever we want to say it was, like that to me was, that was an incredible moment in Star Wars television, in Star Wars storytelling, for sure. Agreed. Ryan yeah. Key, what about you? You're gonna gotta give an answer. The time has come. Um, I, ha- I have I have one. Um, I I just wanted to say something that I was thinking while watching and being so moved by the final scene with the purgle, the concept of whales and life coming from water and whales being the biggest animals on on Earth and what that that emotion invokes in you and you know the fact that like the first whale waters were or, or sorry water dwelling whale species were like 50 million years ago. Right. I mean, it's, you know, we don't know. It's like dawn of time stuff, you know I mean? It's, it, I, I, there's, there's something, even though whales were not, you know, around at the, the dawn of life, that's not what I'm saying, mm-hmm. but there's something about the uh, whales are, are, uh, I think they make you think and feel peaceful. You know, yeah. whale song yeah. is for meditation and relax, relaxation. Um, 
studying their language and how they speak to each other. You know, they've learned, so scientists have learned so many amazing things about how they, they actually kind of have language and communicate with each other and how much, how much farther back does that date than human language, you know? So I don't know, that scene really moved me in that way. To your point, Mike, it's about just thinking about the natural order of things and how these these massive natural creatures are sailing by these technological wonders and they're able to accomplish more than the ships are. They're they're more important to the mission than the spacecraft is in a space show, you know? And like, the idea of letting go of trying to figure out how an organic being exists in zero gravity outside, like how their molecules are literally like held together with no gravity. But you didn't, it's amazing how star Wars can, uh, you know, cause we're science, we're we're science guys, we're science Mm -hmm. nerds, we're space nerds. It's amazing how star Wars can make you forget those things and, and, and not be concerned with the how or the why a whale could be in space. And you're more moved by the idea of a whale in space, you know? Hey, it's awesome. kid, it's that kind of TV <laughs> show. <laughs> um, but I, so I don't, I don't know how to pick a favorite thing from this episode. I'm telling you, I was the force theme playing, you know, uh, the Anakin's bl- the light blue lightsaber. Yeah. Wasn't expecting that, yeah. you know, the colors in the world between worlds, that battle the white against the, the red sabers i mean that was that was gnarly yeah, dude. Yeah. um so so it's hard to take like a scene really from this one harder than maybe any show we've done and i know we said that about um the you know the rescue when it was like well how can it not be that sure, right sure. but this is just impossible it's just um but anyways there was a quote though that really jumped out at me and, and so much so that i stopped it rewound it so i could write it down which I know that's blasphemy, Adam. I stopped it on my first viewing and I rewound it. This is going to check out. Ahsoka, within you will be everything that I am, all the knowledge that I possess. And I just, I just thought like how heavy that is to know that it's, it's Anakin. Well, I think now that we've talked it out a lot, I think it's actually Palpatine saying that in a way, but when, but if it's Palpatine, like uh, creating the essence of Anakin, you know, sort of, projecting what Anakin is uh, in his mind, however he's using that. But like the idea that you're hearing that from Anakin who's gone and you know everything he's been through and you know all of the darkness that was in him that he saw and like that that's that's that lives in Ahsoka mm. as well. Just really, really, really hit me hard. You know what it also calls back to or calls forward to? A thousand generations living you now. Ooh, mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's not by accident. You heard Ahsoka's voice in that, of course. Yeah. I think, you know, and another point, I think there's two things, Adam, you definitely have to talk. You are the host of this podcast. But I think about it, Ryan, you are a ocean guy. I'm Midwestern. Me and Adam are Midwest. I get about toes in and I'm like, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there that can kill me. I'm good. Um, uh, and, I, and I blame my dad for showing me Jaws way too young. But anyways, um, <laughs> oh, it's called a whale fall, right? That's what that... That's what that natural thing is. When a whale dies, it sinks to the bottom of the ocean and actually becomes almost a micro ecosystem for all of it oh. provides life even after it dies for many things. So I think like your point of like 
when we look at, and Filoni clearly is an animal guy, right? Like this is something Mm -hmm. that I think Adam, you know, is someone who like passionately loves um, animals and our relationship with them on this planet. That's a really like, that's a reminder to, to remember why these things exist in a sense that like it is our, it is our natural desire to want to control everything. And lo and behold, the technology of building the giant, the, the eye of Scion, um, it still pales in comparison to the fact that like literally we just watched 30 Pergil uh, jump into space all beautifully at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's really cool. And I think maybe if we could also say, because I'm going to, I'm going to asterisk this. Um, I think maybe our all favorite thing, uh, think about Hayden Christensen. We didn't really talk you about know it. What I mean? <laughs> I'm like, like, let's let's hang because, like, you know, we look at it this way, and I'm like, okay, so like the guy was doing the last thing that I think he started in was a direct to home video with Bruce Willis in 2017, right? Yeah. So he gets he gets called up. It's like Hayden, what are you doing? He's like living up in Canada. He's working on a farm that he bought. He's like, uh, I don't know what, what's up. He crushed it. He yes. crushed yeah this for a guy who like. You know, used to be- it was not the same performer from 25 years no. ago, 24 years ago. Not the same performer. All of dude, what he did with this performance is is you know, I haven't like exercised the muscle of of being an actor in 20 24 years actually. Sure. The last the last play I was in was in 1999, which is the year the Menace came out. It's crazy. <laughs> but right. what he did and I think was so evident he brought all of the pain and the torment that he's been through through the last two decades with him into that armor. Mm, 100%. And and it changed the way he delivered lines. Uh, You know, however you feel about his performances in the prequels, we've talked a lot about how he didn't really have someone who maybe was able to direct him the way he needed to be directed. And so a lot of times I think the, you know, what you get from those performances is, is it feels a little bit, um, recite, what would be the right word? It feels like he's reciting rather than, rather than living in the lines a a lot of times. So it does feel like he's just sort of like reading a teleprompter. And I think that was, that was a flaw of that performance back then. And I don't know how they would have changed it because the circumstances were what they were, but you have Dave Filoni step in who is a remarkable director and understands character and performance and dialogue, writes dialogue better, I mean, better than anyone, not just, you know, I'm not putting him up against George Lucas. He's top of the game mm-hmm. in in film and television in general. Yeah. Um, so I think he was able to help Hayden harness all of that and 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 direct him in a better way than he ever got a chance to be directed in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And it was just so evident, man. I mean, I was, you don't, you know, we've had had to have talks as friends about like what we can and can't say about how we feel about things we don't like on the podcast. Sure, sure. And I'll, and I'll slip up and talk about how I don't really go back and watch the prequels and there's, you know, and that's one of the reasons why sure. I was moved, dude, blown away by his performance. That dude, the thing that jumped out at me the most in the episode was Hayden Christensen's, Hayden Christensen's delivery of Ahsoka within you will be everything that I am 
all the knowledge I possess. I'm getting chills, bro. Yeah. It was so real. It was like he was more Anakin than he was when he was playing Anakin for nine hours worth of film. Yeah. I, I don't know how else to describe well, it. Well, he did the, um, I think it was the Entertainment Weekly or whatever they had, you know, because they had Hayden and, uh, and uh, uh, Rosario. And then they also had... Uh, Mando, um, oh my God, Pedro Pascal. Remember they had that cover of all of them. It was kind of yeah, like with, yeah, yeah. with Ewan, right? And it was kind of like, you know, reintroducing everyone to like this new generation of Star Wars. And Hayden comes back on there and he's got, you know, blah, blah, blah. And like they 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 explain like, what was it like for you to come back? And he goes, as soon as I found out they're going to, you know, give me this story, I went and watched everything. Like that was his homework, right? Which some of the actors maybe did, some of the actors didn't. I know that, you know, there's been a, a theory, of course, different actors have a different approach to not saying, I don't want to emulate, I want to create, and I get that, right? But he said that he went back and watched all of it, right? And so yeah. mm -hmm. being able, you could almost tell the way that he kind of said some of those lines was very inspired by like his confidence that Matt Lanter gave and this mm -hmm. idea of kind of being a little smug, but also a little bit unsure because mm -hmm. he didn't totally trust himself in the way that he did it because you recognize that he would slip up or be able to like, get, he knew that he was doing something that he wasn't supposed to do almost all the time. Right. And the other thing too, and I say this, Bill Key, of course, you being, you being on the doorstep, um, he's got kids now. He's talking to Ahsoka like his a mm -hmm. child, mm -hmm. right? And it's very important as a parent, uh, especially in the world today, that you give your kid an opportunity to fail, but also need to let them know that like, I might be the last person who gives you compassion on this planet because that's unfortunately how the world works, right? And so being able to be stern with that lesson, however we approach that parenting is different for everybody. But how could you not if you're, if you know, the, the way I think Peter Ramsey actually had said to him, imagine like your daughter went off to college and she comes back and looks a little bit different, but you've got a lesson. You're, you want to let her know that you're proud of her, but that you're still her dad. You still have this sense of like, I have a lesson to teach you and I want to make sure that you know it so that I don't have to think about being concerned if I was good enough for you, right? right. Um, and so I think Hayden channeled so many. I mean, Hay Hayden did the homework. He did the work. He put in the. He put in like I, I'm. I, I'm only just like so stoked for him, and whatever yeah. this comes for for him, right? Absolutely. You know what I just thought of is in the prequels. Uh, I, th I think this is a good way to say it. I'm, and I'm not, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, speak negatively about him or his, his, his performance. I, I, so call it just a critique, you know, an honest critique. There was a lack of nuance, you know, to, to the original performance. You either had angry, frustrated, bratty Anakin, or you had, sure, you know, in love Jedi Anakin. Right. There, there wasn't really enough in my opinion there wasn't enough new direct and this is can definitely be a, a problem uh with the direction from the director sure. to help you bring that nuance into to make the transition from jedi to sith in a natural way a lot you know it felt it felt like uh some of it feels like the the end of um in the prequels from an acting and directorial standpoint um felt like the end of Game of Thrones where it just was like, oh, we're just, oh, we're going all, we're going zero to a hundred here, <laughs> right? Okay, I've read the book, so I know there's a more nuance to it than that, than what they showed on the screen. And I felt like la last night, 
the the amount of nuance in his performance, man, that way it did in in 20 minutes of his screen time, it did what nine hours of film didn't do for me. Sure. He went from hello snips to then you will die. And I believed every second of it. Right. I, I believed every second of his transition from from trying to fool her that he was her master and he was he was the version of her that she remembered to being frustrated that she wouldn't come with him and turn and and going full dark side it didn't feel like it went from 0 to 100 because the nuance in his performance was so sure. well directed yep. and so well acted yep. and it well felt, written it just felt so real and natural and well written the line the dialogue was amazing so i i think nuance is a great word that he that he finally brought to the character and i'm so proud of him and so stoked for him that he's getting a chance to do this and show what he's really capable get of. Get him on the pod. What are we waiting for? Yeah. Get this guy on the pod. God, can you imagine? Let's, let's, let's talk wait for to the end. Can you imagine? Let's talk to him. Um, Adam, hello. Yeah. You have to uh, let us know your favorite things. I don't Actually, we don't have time. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> Until next week. <laughs> so... I will, I will say I'll, I'll give a runner up and then my favorite. So my runner up, um, I'm with Julia here in the chat, the, the turn back from the Sith eyes to, you know, and, and, uh, Rosario Ahsoka, you know, her nuanced performance in, in sort of like absorbing that, reflecting it and, and bringing that back down that moment, it was tear inducing. It was beautiful. That that's right up there for me. I mean, the, the whole thing, obviously all the interactions between those two, those two actors were incredible. But that moment, that moment like had the emotional weight that, that, that puts it right up there close to the top for me. And then the Siege of Mandalore flashback mm. for so many reasons. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All the Easter eggs, all the nostalgia, the, the way that Anakin walks in and says, I don't recognize this battle. And she says, it's the Siege of Mandalore. It's like such a cool way to do the exposition. Like she has to explain it to him. Right. You know, she has to. She said we had already parted ways by then. Right. Oh. And man, it was, that's, <laughs> that's, that's not just an exposition line. Like that carries so much emotional weight. That ca carries so much character weight. I know it's, you know, she's telling, she's not showing, but it is on screen and it is an important piece of dialogue that one person would say to another in that scenario. So. And his immediate jump to, oh, that's what this is about. Like. We're right. going to go back to the time where I lost. I yeah. didn't love what I turned into. Exactly. You're going to rub it in my face. Like this just immediate, like almost like an angry child, yeah. like waiting to just be like, just she triggered him with that because like she knew she's like, I, I, she and she's equally like, dude, I'm mad that I left. Yeah. You. I'm yeah. pissed that that happened. And you don't recognize this because you weren't here and, uh, and you know why. Yeah. So all, all of that baggage, all of that stuff below the surface of the visual joy of seeing this era, you know, when it flashed to that after, after the, the Clone Wars, you know, between two and three vibe that was just incredible to see him walk out of the cloud looking like Revenge of the Sith Anakin in a place where he wasn't like before she said it, I said it in my brain, like he wasn't there. What's going to happen? And then they had the conversation. And like you said, it precipitated this whole turbulent emotional thing about the baggage and why. And, you know, they're, you know, they're kind of like pointing fingers at each other. And then, and then it settles into that discussion about carrying everything mm -hmm. on from him in her. It's interesting that she was able to 
again, sort of, sort of best him in a way by choosing that moment to see. And if my theory holds that it's, that it's palps kind of creating this scenario and trying to get her to turn, um, the idea that when you go into these trials, when Luke went into the, the cave in, on Dagobah, when Ray went on, under the island, that you, you know, only that which you take with you. Mm-hmm. Like you see what you want to see. And I think it's a testament to Ahsoka's growth and, and power and connection to the force that she was able to choose what she wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Luke didn't get to do that on Empire. He wasn't ready. Right. He, His he, fear chose him, basically. Ray, Ray didn't get to do that. She didn't get to see what she wanted to see. She wasn't ready for that yet. Ahsoka, she is, you know, as, as connected, she's m- maybe the most powerful Jedi of all time. Who, you know, it's, who knows? Her lack of, of uh, allowing herself to be indoctrinated by, by the Jedi or, by the Jedi order at that time, when she walked away, it could have been the thing that made her more powerful than any of them all along because she's lived real life experience and she's had all of these traumatic experiences and she wasn't just sitting high on the council the whole time, mm-hmm. you know? And I think the idea that she was able to take the, 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 this vision that was, was being created for her and manipulate it to her own, for her own design is wild because the first, the first vision was, clearly being put there for her. She was like, whoa, we're back on Ryloth. Mm-hmm. I'm 15 years old. The second one, she is kicking ass and taking names and stands up and goes, oh, this is the Siege of Mandalore. Just says it right away. Yeah. The first one, she's like, where are we? This feels like one of our first missions. The second one, she says, this is the Siege of Mandalore. Yeah. I chose this. I brought you here. Yeah. And she wins. She gets out. The Jedi Council struck her down, and she became more powerful than they could possibly imagine. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, yeah, I know. so that was word vomit, but yeah, that's, it was beautiful. Yeah, though. Thank you for puking on me. <laughs> All right, this podcast is too long, so we have to stop. Um, long story short, we are just over the gosh darn moon about this episode. It should be a new policy: the podcast length cannot be longer than the episode length. Well, good luck with that when we run into Ezra and Thrawn next yeah. week. Uh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Ooh, we're going to have a bad time. Yeah. All right, everyone, like and subscribe. Press the buttons. Do it. Help us out. We're breaking into YouTube. We're doing things. We're making moves. Also, uh, we forgot to mention the last two or three times, Mosh Isley tickets are on sale for Mosh Isley New York. It's October 14th. That is the weekend of New York Comic Con. It's going to be a great party. It's a Star Wars themed emo night. Best party in the galaxy. It's going to be good times. We'll be there. We'll all be there partying. Um, dudes, thanks for being here. Good discussion. I will see Nikki Bumfinger tomorrow in Chicago as uh, he nice. kicks off the uh, secret show as a prequel to Riot Fest this weekend, which, Ryan, you guys uh, welcome back as a probably a momentous occasion for you as last year. And then uh, uh, Nick is playing uh, Riot Fest with a bunch of other great bands. So if you're also considering going to Riot Fest this weekend, uh, that certainly seems like a good opportunity to go out and see some music before you have to hunker down in the Midwest. Hunker. Do it. So we will, uh, I don't know, we could go live tomorrow. We could go live with Nick and get his take on things. We'll see. Maybe we will. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. Maybe. All right. Even if we don't, we'll see you again next week only three episodes left of this thing it's gonna be crazy so until then may the force be with you
If you enjoy Thank the Maker, you can support us by following and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or you can support us directly at patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod, where you can get access to our Discord server, exclusive content, exclusive merch, our recording live stream, and more. Our patrons quite literally make Thank the Maker possible. <laughs>